Welcome back to Cage Dive, a podcast all about Nicolas Cage's filmography, where we dive in and see what we can find in the murky depths. As always, I am Brian, and sitting uh, a whole country away from me is <laughs> Desmond. Welcome, Desmond. Welcome hey, back. Yeah, welcome, welcome back to you. So, sort of Nicolas Cage related. I was flipping through the TV last night. Uh huh. And The Rock was on. Oh, nice. So I had to stop and enjoy that, but then Beauty. I went to commercial break, and I'm like, oh, that's right, commercial yeah, break, commercial. That The Rock is great, though. I I, I love mm. like I think underrated among Nick Cage's canon are his sort of intelligent heroes. Yeah, right. Like like that one, and like the National Treasure movies, of course. Right, because he's like a he's like a big geek in in The Rock. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, he's more of an action hero in National Treasure, for sure. But yeah. <laughs> but he's just great. It's a great movie. Yeah, someone calls him a chemical freak, and he's like, well, I'm a chemical super freak, actually. <laughs> uh, and, and, I mean, you know, judging from the era we're telling this, I'm sure you've seen a couple of uh, recent uh, appearances on Late Night uh, where our hero is uh, getting much more candid than he used to be. Yeah, with uh, you know your typical late night guys. He's making the rounds, of course, for uh, Renfield, which I still haven't seen. Still oh. haven't seen it. Missing but out. Uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta check it out real quick. But yeah, so uh, yeah, lots of lots of interesting cage in the zeitgeist right now. I like that he has one where he picks his top five of his favorite movies that he's done. And all five selections are nowhere near what you think they're going to be. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great. Those are a lot of fun for sure. Uh, uh, but we're here to talk yeah. about 1984's birdie. That's right. Him and Matthew Modine uh, playing buddies. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, we have uh, the reoccurring theme of, well, you know, for Nick Cage at first was, you know, experiencing the existential dread of p- perhaps being drafted and going to war. And then we've had him leading up to go away to war with a pal. And then we have him coming back from a war with a pal as well in Birdie. So it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably says more about the films of the era than it than it does Nicolas Cage. <laughs> there are a lot of Vietnam movies, man. And in fact, this is like the third one that Matthew Modine is in. Yeah. Yeah, and weirdly enough, this is based on a book, and the book was set in World War II. Yeah. They changed it to fit into the Vietnam War trend that was happening. Yeah, which is pretty wild, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a busy decade, like the eighties, and I guess some of the nineties too. Busy, I think. Yeah. I think. I think the nineties uh, tended to focus more on the grizzled Vietnam vet as a character, as opposed to Vietnam necessarily being an actual yeah, plot yeah. line or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, once we get to like the mid to late nineties, then it becomes all about the Gulf War veterans. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, should we jump into it? Sure, yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. Do you want me? Do you uh, want me to synopsize it? Oh, I, I don't care. Feel free. Since you just volunteered, I'll yeah. say yes. Sure. All right. Uh, it's 1984 
it is uh, legendary director Alan Parker's film Birdie, where uh, Nicolas Cage plays Al, right? Is that his name? Al? Yeah. Al Columbato. Al, uh, yes. Al, yeah. He is best buds with Matthew Modine, who plays Birdie. We are not given his real name. But Matthew Modine is, well, he's obsessed with birds. And um, here's the thing. The synopsis says obsesses with becoming a bird. But the movie, it feels like he almost believes he's a bird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... But yeah, so they call they call him Birdie. (laughs) He wants to fly, but I don't ever feel like he's like, oh, I'm becoming a bird, or he's working towards that. Mm. He's just obsessed with flying and becomes obsessed with birds. Yeah, yeah, because of that. Yeah, it's 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 a little. I don't know. It's sort of like a flux thing for me. It's sort of in the middle of. Is he really like? Is he like really crazy, or is he just? Working, yeah, yeah, yeah. working through some stuff, and I guess that's sort of what the what the film deals yeah. with. Yeah, he's very much an odd, odd person for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, so we just sort of have their, you know, again, we've got a movie where it's not necessarily a direct plot. It's just about these two guys sort of experiencing life, and Birdie is uh, sort of a, a strange character. So even though he is the title character and the main character, I think we see a lot of this film through uh, Nick Cage's eyes. Yes. Yeah, he, so- he sort of becomes the like the POV character. And so, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a supporting role, but it's essentially, yeah, it's, it's essentially the most important character in the movie. The viewpoint yeah, character. From, yeah. From what I read, the book is like that as well. Okay. It, it yeah. goes from Al's point of view, but it's all about like Birdie is the main character in it. Right. Oh, yeah. So they, I should mention, uh, uh, William Wharton wrote the novel Birdie that yeah. takes place in World War II. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about this one? I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah. I'm thinking the big problem with it may be that uh, it's very episodic. It's yes. very, uh, yeah. uh, and we're sort of jumping around in time because sort of Nicolas Cage going has been requested by this doctor to come to this mental hospital. Birdie is uh, he's there and he he's not talking. He's. I want to say a catatonic state, but I mean, he, he like moves around and, you know, sleeps on the floor and eats and stuff. But I think I would call that a catatonic state. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't talk. So they're not hundred percent sure what happened to him in Vietnam. Something happened. Mm -hmm. They say he was, he was missing for like a month or something. Right. Right. I, I, uh, I I think you're supposed to assume that he was probably taken captive. Yeah. Perhaps. I don't know. Uh, and so they don't 100% know what happened to him, and they can't get through to him, and Birdie's mother suggested we should get Al to come visit him, because he's like his best friend, and Al, of course, uh, has a bunch of injuries as well. Yeah. So he's all, he's all wrapped up in bandages throughout this whole time period. So I'm, I'm gonna stop you right here. Sure. We talked about this, what, in what must have been, it was, it was either episode one or two. But mm-hmm. we talked about uh, Nicholas Cage's dental situation because at some because yes. at some point 
his teeth change. Mm. And this is the movie where it happens. Do you, yeah. do, you, do you know why? Well, I know he did something to, uh, <laughs> he, he, he had two of his teeth removed and from mm-hmm. live bread without anesthesia or uh-huh. in a, in a, in a painkillers. Uh, and he's in that case for doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if you pay attention, yeah, weirdly in the flashbacks, his teeth are nice and shiny and straight. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, in this one, in the, in the, uh, present day storyline, yeah, his teeth are all jacked up and yeah. two of them are missing. And yeah. So, I mean, the story is <clears throat> those teeth were coming out. Those were like, I think those were baby teeth that never fell out. Oh, okay. I think is what maybe what the situation was. I can't, I think it says it in the, that age of cage book, but, um, those teeth needed to come out. So he thought, you know, he was going to be playing this Vietnam vet and he thought it would be acceptable to be spending a portion of the movie with bandages on and might as well work that into the actual making of the movie and uh and just did got the dental surgery done in in i guess a, a unique way just to inform his experience i guess because he's such Ugh. a fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah right so you can get them removed you can have the local yeah. like painkillers and stuff yeah you don't need yeah. To, to do all that i don't think shia labeouf pulled his tooth out for fury with pliers i think he went to the dentist and had it removed uh, <laughs> jesus he's such a weirdo i love i love him for it oh my god me too me too uh, so we're jumping around in time, essentially, is what yeah. I was getting to. It's just, yeah. He's visiting this guy at the mental hospital, trying to bring him out of whatever state he's in. And so he's talking about the past, and that's how we get informed about their friendship over different stories. Yeah, yeah. D- different um, periods of time, we sort of see them. And it's, yeah. it's not told in chronological order, which is fine. No. But, but because of the episodic nature, I wanted to throw in there, too. This really sort of feels like a very, very long TV movie. Yes, it does. This movie like, is way too long. It'd be like three hours with commercials or something, right? Like it's just like, well, it's like a, it's yeah. like a two, it's a two hour movie, but, and you, yes. you feel every hour, you know, yeah. I, I don't think, um, I don't think this movie personally earns that runtime. No. And I, I, I truly believe that there are, there should be two hour movies. There should be four hour movies as long as you don't bore me. <laughs> if you earn the screen time, do it, do it. Um, yeah. But this one didn't do it. This one probably needed to be about 20 minutes shorter. Yeah. And I think the nature of just how we're recording this show, since we did cotton club out of order. So that means we did right. Right. Racing the moon and this one back to back. They're very similar in the, uh, hey, two best friends doing stuff before they go to war. And yeah, then yeah, yeah, very much, very that much. stuff. And so I was just kind of like, I'm kind of over this. And Birdie is an interesting character, but, I mean, he's obsessed with birds. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know how much we can, like, how much can you milk out of that and still keep it mm-hmm. interesting? Mm-hmm. Um him being obsessed with flight, I thought was very interesting. So there is a scene where they sort of mock up this like uh, Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> yeah. flying da, machine contraption, yeah, and then uh, fly it off of a big hill. And Birdie is trying to like fly and stuff. 
I feel like if they did more stuff like that, I would have been way more intrigued. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So uh, we've talked about this before. I'm not sure if I've actually seen this movie. I think I was more convinced that I had seen this movie because I remembered, uh, like certain scenes. Uh, the scenes I remembered were, yes, him with the flying machine strapped to his back going down the hill on the bike. I remember seeing that and being like, that's fucking cool as like a really young kid. <laughs> right. Cause it is. And then, sure. and then also the roller coaster thing where they're in the roller coaster oh, yeah. with the chicks. And then Modine is like flapping his wings. Uh, I recall that, yeah. but also I am now aware that those are both in the trailer. So, I'm not sure if I ever actually did see this movie. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I did like the roller coaster because, of course, Nicolas Cage is two, two women with him in his car and Matthew <laughs> Modine's like sitting by himself. <laughs> <laughs> A crazy friend has its benefits. <laughs> so when I started this movie, the little uh, tags came up that told me, oh, there's like sexual situations and nudity in this. And I was okay. like, oh. Interesting. All right. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a long movie. At least there'll be some nudity. Yeah. I didn't realize the majority of it's just going to be Matthew Modine just walking around naked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was a little disappointed. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all it's all Modine nudity. Um, if there's anything people need to watch, and I haven't looked to see if it's on YouTube. Um, there's a nice little short monologue that Nicolas Cage goes on about boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is pretty hilarious. And I feel like if, when his in memoriam happens at the Oscars, that should be the like clip that they play. Because <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. Um,. I'm not sure why, but uh, there's, like, prominent placement from a couple Richie Valens songs in this movie. Yeah. I feel like that. he would have been, like, out of, you know, I don't know, you know, not as hip anymore in mm -hmm. the 60s, right? This is what, late, is this late 60s, early 70s? Does it, yeah, does it ever tell us? I don't think it really that's does. What it's supposed to be, yeah. Yeah, it's just guys that come home from Vietnam, but... Uh, um, so, but, but like Valens, that was, that was fifties stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's great music. So what's it? La, Which weirdly, uh, La Bamba and, uh, what's the other one? It's not, well, it's not let's there's go. There's La Bamba, there's Donna, there's, uh, Oh, Donna's like in it too. Right. Yeah. So there's like three of them in there. Yeah, there's another one that's like La Bamba, but like it, it sounds like La, La Bamba. Um, yeah. They used La Bamba uh, like three times. Yeah, yeah. So hold on one sec. It's got to be here. It's got to be here. This is all. Oh, this is all the score. Oh, I, I guess it probably should be mentioned. Um, this is the. I, I think it's the first film score uh, by Peter Gabriel. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay, so back to looking for that. Where was I? Uh, I know it's in the trivia of the IMDb. Yeah, it's in the trivia. It's not in the it's not in the soundtrack, which is weird. Um, it only it only mentions two songs in 
the trivia. Uh, come on, let's go. That's the yeah, come on, let's go. Come on, La Bamba. Let's go, let's go, let's go, little darling. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll use one of those songs for uh, for the intro, outro of this one. Yeah, yeah, it is strange. The weird thing about this movie is um, they don't really tell us how old they are. Right. Um, we find out they're still in high school at some point. Oh, which yeah. is this weird. The opening is just so weird because it's a bunch of kids playing baseball. Well, I should say a bunch of kids and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know if we're supposed to, like, insinuate that, like, Nicolas yeah. Cage is supposed to be the <laughs> same age one of those as all kids? These kids. Yeah, oh, my God. I never even thought about that. It was just like, okay, weird. He's playing baseball and it's all little kids. Like, like it's, it's like <laughs> Nicolas Cage in 84 was 21, probably, right? Something like that. Yeah, and then, something like that. And then... <laughs> Yeah, and then he's like, and, and of course, like, you know, it's 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 not like he's showing it off in this movie, but in in the eighties, Nicolas Cage was a buff motherfucker. Sure was, right? Big broad chest, big arms, big shoulders, and here he is playing. Is it baseball or stickball? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It could be, whatever. It, it could be anything with, with what looks like a bunch of twelve-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> Because it pulls the Sandlot thing where he hits the ball over right, the right, fence, right. and the old lady's yeah. like, this is my yes. ball now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is baseball. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just weird seeing, like, you know, I'm like, way to go, Al. And he's just kind of like, what? I just hit a home run. But it's just him and, like, yeah, it looks like a bunch of, like, 12-year-olds just hanging out. You know who that lady with who grabbed the baseball remind me of? Who's that? I can't remember the actress. Um... I don't think she's on Saturday Night Live anymore, but she was a black lady. Uh, what was the fucking, oh, I feel like, like this family has an exorcism in the apartment below hers. And so she comes down. I think she's, I think her name is Shaw. Like her last name is Shaw. And they're like, they're like, Miss, uh, Miss Shaw, what are you doing here? And she's like, she's like, it's midnight. And she's like, that's right. And I shot a been in bed two and a half hours ago. <laughs> she just reminds as that character where, you know, wearing the moo moo or whatever. She just reminds oh, yeah. me so much of this, <laughs> of this woman, this woman who grabs the baseball. It's the first thing I thought of when I saw I her. I going to say, uh, Sherry or Terry, she had that character where a good football would end up on her porch. She's like, this is oh, mine right, I'm right, keep it. right. I forgot about that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like a mixture of the two. Oh my God. Hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's when Al and Bertie sort of become friends through that whole situation. And then it's just, <laughs> hey, I want to show you how obsessed with birds I am. I made you a, a pigeon suit. Yeah. Like when he steps out in the half-finished pigeon suit, I was like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck is going well, on? Yeah, what is happening? This is. I got to say, Al is a really good friend. Al is a truly great friend. There's so much shit in this that I'm just like, I would be like, I'm done. I can't deal yeah. with this anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> they break into like a, uh, like a plant of some sort so that Birdie can steal pigeons. Right, right. And, and they're like in their pigeon suits and they're... And Birdie like falls but grabs like the edge and he's trying. He's like, I'm going to jump. See if I can make the sand pile. And then he jumps and then, like, starts spitting up blood to <laughs> fill you in the fact that he did something horrible. Uh, but, yeah, there's just so much. 
much shit that I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's a real, it's a really strange picture. Like, again, it's, oh. ve- it's very, like, ambling, you know, no, like, real th- through line for the plot. It's just sort of this sort of, like, ambling time where these guys, and some of it's fun, you know, some of it's fun. Obviously, the boobs monologue, obviously, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, the shit we meant, like the fucking Da Vinci-esque flying machine, that shit's all fun. But it's just things do tend to be really drawn out, you know, like, yeah, I feel like a lot of it is stuff that would be like two lines in the novel, just about the thought that the character is having. And it just pro- takes, you know, expands over this long period of time. Where it's just like, okay, we kind of get it. We kind of get it. Why is this scene here again? You know, like, like it got me thinking. Yeah. It got me thinking that a lot. Yeah. We mentioned this is an Alan Parker movie, mm-hmm. which I don't know super a lot about him. I mean, I look at his IMDb, I know a lot of the stuff he directed, but um, just as like a person, I don't know. I just don't understand how he looked at this and was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I don't know. He well, he's just sort of. Always kind of been this guy who I, you know, he does, he does jobs. You know, he's like a working director, but he, you know, he's, he has made some great movies. Yeah, like the commitments. Come on, commitments. Mississippi Burning, Angel Heart. I mean, he did yeah, Pink he, Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, Angel Heart's great. Uh, and didn't he win like the Oscar for Angela's Ashes? Uh, did, did that happen? Seems right. I feel like that one won a lot of Oscars. Uh, the thing I did read is that when he called Robert De Niro about being an angel heart, De Niro asked him, weren't you the guy that made that birdie movie? And he was like, yeah, and he hung up on him. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> well, that's true or not. It's, it's an IMDb trivia, which is pretty funny. But, <laughs> uh, you can't so, really blame him. <laughs> De Niro's not a big fan either. But. <laughs> or in pretty good company, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I like. I don't know what else to talk about with this movie. No, it's, me it's neither, so, man. With, so uh, just all over the place. It very much is. But then the hospital stuff isn't even like. Like they keep. I feel like it keeps trying to like put out that um, if he doesn't start getting better, they're gonna ship him off to some hospital where he'll essentially be there for the rest of his life. Right, right. But I don't feel like any suspense about that whole situation. No, no, no. There's no, there's no like ratcheting tension or anything, right? It's just sort of like, that's almost like, like an afterthought, really. Yeah. I mean, so like, it's so weird because like conflict drives story, right? So like, why would they not want to play on that conflict in any way? You know, it's a, yeah. from that point, it just sort of becomes this this imperative for Al, right, to try and help his friend. Like it's not, it's not. I got to help him, or they're going to ship him ship him off. Oh my god! You know, there's none of that. It's just like yeah. I have, I have to help my friend, and well, <laughs> which means he's a good character, but he's it's not. He's, he's a good person. His character is a good person, but it doesn't necessarily make him a good character. Well, weirdly, I feel like Al is the only one who feels this tension. 
because he bitches it multiple times. Like, yeah. oh, if you don't get better, right. they're going to ship you off. But his doctor just seems sort of like, eh, I mean, you know, he but just might not get better. It doesn't <laughs> right. seem like that big of a deal. Right. Even the, even the nurse, who is sort of the only one that's sort of uh, taking pity on Birdie or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't even seem like that, like, you know, that... Uh, anxious about like oh if we don't fix him he's gonna he's gonna be stuck it's weird it almost feels like it's something to cage put into this performance that wasn't in the script oh, and they're yeah. just like be. i don't know like just leave it in i guess i don't <laughs> that's not part of the story but yeah. fine <laughs> yeah yeah like like I've, I've said we're in a dark period of cage's filmography right now yeah we got we got this one we got the boy in blue next. Oh, boy. Yeah, which you've seen before, and I haven't. T- talk about boring movies. God, how long is. is that one? I feel like that one's long, too. Hour, oh, it's an hour 40. Okay, it's not that bad. It's, it's better, so, at least. Yeah, but the, the riveting story of, of a Canadian rower. <laughs> Canadian college rower. I, I, I. But after that, one of the first ones to successfully utilize the sliding seat. Yes, of course. How could I have not mentioned that? (laughs) How could I have not mentioned that? But after, Uh, so that's going to be episode eight. After that, we've got Peggy Sue got married and then we are in for a treat for like, I don't know, months. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Gotta get these first ones out of the way. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, do you have any it's... favorite scenes, I guess? I guess we could talk about that, because there are scenes that I think are fun. Uh, the scene where Nicolas Cage is having sex with his, with the girl under oh. the pier, and Birdie <laughs> and the other girl just sitting there, and she's yeah. trying to like small talk him, and he's yeah. not even into it. <laughs> but eventually, she's like, are you guys done yet? I'm going back to the car. And she just gets up and walks away. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, we've already mentioned the, uh, I think the Leonardo da Vinci flying machine, um, scene is really cool. I mean, it, it doesn't really seem like those guys could necessarily have built that contraption, but, uh, it was fun to watch in the way that, you know, it's fun when a kid in a movie has like all the GI, like he's got like the GI Joe fucking, uh, aircraft carrier, right? Like yeah. he's, got, he's got that and you're like, damn, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's kind of, kind of cool. Like in that way, this must be rich. I know. Right. And, but it holds up, you know, th- that's what, that's what, that, that's what I say about that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not so much fun, but when they're, when they're stealing the pigeons, <laughs> It's kind of like a. This is a fucked up scene. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where someone is, you know, like stealing pigeons from the rafters of a fucking factory or whatever the fucking place is. It's very weird, especially in pigeon suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The pigeon suits are absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I do like that uh, when he falls in the sand pile, and then they cut to. Uh, that they took him to the hospital, and it's Nicolas Cage in his pigeon suit, oh, <laughs> right. sitting sitting next to some lady with her arm in a sling <laughs> at the hospital while they check him over. 
it's got a couple moments where it's almost like like there's comedy chops to the mm-hmm. movie. It's like that's actually quite funny. But I'm I don't know. I'm not convinced on how intentional the funniness is. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean I do feel like there's something. We we get uh Nick Cage's monologue about tits yeah. and uh yeah. <laughs> Birdie is just like they're expanded mammary glands. I don't even understand. Like getting very scientific and just very like I don't even understand the enjoyment of it. I don't get it whatsoever. This seems dumb. And then later he goes to the prom with the, the one girl in school who seems to like him. And uh she like throws herself at him and takes her top off and he just looks at him and then like touches each one like real quick, just like huh. Like yeah, just just not even interested whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I was, I mean it's true. Like he's just like he 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 does it with like a scientific awareness and sort of like hmm interesting. <laughs> not like a whoa, you know, not like that yeah. at all. It's just like a huh. This is scientifically intriguing. <laughs> uh, when they're at the prom dancing, of course, the only song that seems to intrigue him is Rock and Robin. Yes. That's because some of the lyrics are just tweet, tweet over yeah. and over again. <laughs> um, he gets a bird. Ag- ag- again with the outdated music. Right? Yeah. Right, um, he, he gets, gets a bird, yeah. It's a bird. He seems to fall in love with her because it's a female bird. As you do. Um, <laughs> sure, I guess. Um, he specifically gets a male bird just so they can mate, but I feel like he's... It's almost like a surrogate for him, like... Because he's so in love with this bird, he's like, oh, I right. wish I could give her babies, which is a weird sentence to say <laughs> about this movie. Um... <laughs> There is a point where he crawls into her like uh, I, th- I think that elicited an eye roll for me when when it happened <laughs> in the movie, and then I instantly forgot about it. <laughs> I wish I could in- give her babies. Jesus Christ! He he rolls. He goes into her little aviary cage thing, and like he's naked, and then kisses her or whatever, but then yeah. falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, so weird. Very. It's a weird movie. But it doesn't play itself off as weird either. Right? There's no, yeah. there's no like, I don't know, David Lynch kind of stuff to it. You know, there's no like, <laughs> they don't really pull out like the ominous music. I mean, the music's actually kind of interesting. It's like, yeah. it's like just like sampled synth. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting sure. that it's, uh, that it's Peter Gabriel. It's his first first film score, and I guess that's about it. Not like I'd buy it on vinyl or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I guess we got to talk about the ending because the ending is super strange. <laughs> I'm I'm struggling to remember the ending. Okay, so Nicholas Cage is at this like at a frantic point, like if you don't start talking, they're going to oh, send right. you away, and right. everybody's sort of shrugging their shoulders, like what the fuck is he talking about? Um, <laughs> And it gets to the point where he, Birdie starts talking to him and he's like, finally, finally, and then somebody comes in and he shuts up again and then they leave and he's like, why didn't you talk to them? He's like, I got nothing to say to him. And I'm like, God damn you fucking yeah. Birdie, you yeah. son of a bitch. Right. 
so he finally starts talking, and they set up something because Cage like flips out and grabs like the main doctor, who's also a military doctor. We should point out. So right, they, they mentioned that he is a superior to both of these characters multiple times. So Cage like flips out, grabs him by the collar, and pushes him up against the wall. And so he runs out and sends orderlies in. To which the Nick Cage is like, I'm military trained, motherfucker, and like flips like four of them over his shoulder. <laughs> and then him and Birdie escape and run up to the roof because when you're trying to escape a building, that's the best place to go. You always run upstairs. Uh, and Cage is blocking it. Birdie stands on the edge of the building and then you see him jump and Nick Cage is like, no. <laughs> yes, right. And so then he runs over to the edge and looks down and it's like, oh. There was like a lower roof, like right next to it. <laughs> and Birdie just looked up to him and was like, what? What's the matter? And then they cut the black and the credits start rolling. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Just a bunch of inconsequential bullshit for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Birdie was fine the whole time. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what they like. What's, they the make po- us th- What's the point of the movie? <laughs> Did they make us think that he was going to jump off? Nicholas Cage was going to be like, no, run over and then look. And we sort of get the end to like Birdman or something <laughs> where he looks down and is like, oh, where is he? And then like looks up and sees him flying right. or some shit. Right, right, right. Or that's that is definitely what I expected. Yeah. Or is it just uh a giant fu where it's just like, oh, you expected that to happen? Yeah, yeah Birdie can't actually fly, you dumb idiot. Right, right. So it was all just a setup for like a punchline at the very end, just to be like, you're an idiot if you thought he was going to fly. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a real uh, pain in my ass. This movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Two what hours the fuck? Life. Yeah, yeah. It's not good. It has some funny stuff and. You know, definitely has some good performances, but holy shit! Like, yeah, it almost it almost feels like there was not nothing of consequence that happened in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. to watch this in two sittings. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely like an- I definitely paused it and and I think I like checked my email and then I you know like made myself like a nice cocktail. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, and then sort of sauntered my way back in. After you know, I think I spent a lot of time looking through my cupboards for food, even though I wasn't really hungry. Like, what do I got in there? What do I got in there? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, all right, time to get back to this. But man, yeah, I watched like an hour of it and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm about to fall asleep. So I literally <laughs> stopped it, went, took a nap and then came back and finished it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> no. It, it's not even like super terrible. I guarantee you this won't even be the worst Nicolas Cage movie we review on the show at some point. No, definitely not. But, but I mean, I was just like, like you said, by the time you get to the end, you're just like, what was the fucking point of this movie? Like, what story, what metaphor, what, 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 what <laughs> are you trying to tell with this movie? Yeah. And who is the executive who was like, yeah, we'll give you money for this. How much money did this cost to make? Now I'm curious. I think a million. Uh, budget. 
twelve million dollars. Oh, Jesus, twelve million. Okay. It made one point five million. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that's, a huge flop. that's that's the worldwide gross. One yeah, one point four five five. Yeah. Yeah. Yowza. <laughs> yeah. What did they uh, spend twelve million? I mean, I guess there's a couple of Vietnam reenactments. I guess. There's like also like new technology that they use, like new camera yes. technology and stuff. Yes. So to, I meant to bring that up. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of that. I can't remember what what's that shit called again. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's whatever the, the camera that camera that runs on the two wires that you right. can sky over top sky of stuff. cam. Yeah. So this is the first use of the sky cam in a feature film. It was a camera held by wires supported by four cranes and controlled by computer and was used in Bertie's dream sequence of actually being able to fly. It was designed by Steadicam uh, inventor Garrett Brown. Hmm. A couple actors I recognize. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's dad in this. Um, I don't know his character's name, but he was the old guy in Seinfeld who oh. was the, fo- the foible to uh, uh, Jerry's parents a lot. Yeah. Is that yeah, the Sal? Yeah. No, that's not that's no, that's that's not Sal. Oh, yeah. That's uh shit 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 shit. He had the astronaut pen that Jack, Jerry really Jack Clumpus. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, Jerry's parents neighbor in Boca Boca Raton, is that it? That's like yeah. that's like season one, I think. Or season two even. That's yeah, er, early Seinfeld. Yeah, he reoccurs a couple times. He does, he does, yeah. It's so funny. He's got the astronaut pen. It writes upside uh, down. <laughs> and then uh, as, as soon as I saw him, like that's all I could think about. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah I totally forgot, yeah. Uh, Bruno, and then Bruno so Kirby? Did, uh, who's, which one's Bruno? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I know the face. I don't know the name. Yeah, he's, um, he's you know, just a character actor. Yeah, he's when, an when, when Harry met Sally, uh, City Slickers, right? Of course, fuck, yes. I forgot, I forgot all about City Slickers. City Slickers would be the big <laughs> one I know him from, yeah. Um, no, he's great. He plays an orderly. The, the guy that essentially is the doctor's secretary who spits a lot. Yeah. He was the, uh, gym coach from Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> oh, right, we, right, right. Later see at the leather bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And later see stripped in the shower and whipped, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once again, the director's like, I don't know what you're talking about with all these homoerotic overtones. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh. God. You know, I, ha- I have to, I have to say that whole story is the best part of Never Sleep Again, that documentary. Oh, yeah. But I, I I don't know if it carries its own documentary. Uh, Scream Queen? Yeah, that Scream Queen one. You didn't like it? Nah. No, oh, I really it, enjoyed it. It felt really padded for me. But, but again, like, that, his story in Never Sleep Again, like, absolutely the most riveting part of that documentary. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh... Oh, we should mention if you are, which we're not recommending people watch this anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think so. No. Uh, if you're an animal lover, probably don't watch this movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's just general, like the cab breaks in, tries to kill the bird. And yep. <laughs> that stuff's not fun. 
But then there's definitely a scene where they act as dog catchers. Right. With the local con man guy. Yeah. But he won't tell them what they're going to do with them, so they round up all these dogs. Right. And essentially he's taken into a meat factory. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Brutal. But then they they, uh, they overtake him and let the dogs escape and then run off, which is good, but... Yeah, yeah, there's some definite... I mean, also, like, I'm sure some birds were unalived in the making of this movie, because there's a lot of, like, grabbing birds and shit, which even yeah. I, I'm uncomfortable with. I used to, I used to have <laughs> chickens, and I was, un, I was uncomfortable with how they were grabbing, <laughs> grabbing those birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't, think I, got, I don't think I have anything else. What do you What do you want to rate it? Like, like for the for the movie aspect of it, I think I'm going to go like one point five. Yeah, I went with a two. Okay, just because some of the stuff was like some of the situations were funny, but as an overall like from A to B story, I was like, this is not good. Yeah, and way too long. Yes. Yeah. What did, what did you do your uh, for your cage rating? Uh, I think I'm going to go three. Okay, um, yeah. We're, we're, he we're, we're in the same realm. I did two point five. I think I I was just like a, I'm a yeah. half step below you throughout. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get a chance to go like full cage in this movie, but he gets some funny scenes. His, his boobs monologue is great. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. His, uh, he gets some Vietnam scenes, so picture Nicolas Cage trying to be dramatic in a Nicholas, in a Vietnam scene. And that's great. Yeah. He's like screaming and yelling, like, we need a medic over here! And, uh, <laughs> blows up and his face explodes and he's just like holding it, screaming and stuff. And him like doing the, uh, the stuff in the uh, mental hospital where he's like, come on, birdie, come on! And he's like flipping out. Yeah. Stuff's very uh, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's you, you see you see those bursts of caginess for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It just it it just wasn't like super compelling. Agreed. You know, there was there was that. It was it was sort of subdued. I don't know. There's something about like yeah. I think it's just like a languid long movie, and I think like if things had been a little punchier, it would have been more enjoyable. You know. Yeah. Even just some more weird quirks to uh, bird. Yeah, I think more helped. weird bird shit stuff. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, what's fucking birdie up to now? You know, like, uh, <laughs> at least it's semi interesting. Because <laughs> some of the stuff is a little interesting. Where there's a scene where they're both outside working out, and Nick Cage, of course, has a shirt off and is doing his bicep curls and right, shit, like yeah. we saw in uh, Best of Times. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, uh, and of course, Birdie's up there, like laying on his stomach, uh, trying to work up his arm and shoulder muscles by right. like flying, doing the flying stuff. And <laughs> that stuff was kind of quirky and fun. Right. And the Da Vinci stuff was fun and all that. But yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the weird flapping exercises. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's weird. Yeah, there's like a scene in this movie where like, you walk into the room and there's a guy face down on the floor, like flapping his arms up and down. And it's like, not, not the weirdest part of the movie by any stretch. (laughs) No, no. It's a, it's an interesting oddity though. 
And yes. I have crunched the numbers, and it is a firm 2.25 on our scale. So relatively low on the scale. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know uh, what to necessarily uh, expect for the boy in blue. I don't remember much of anything of it. Uh, I remember being bored to tears. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps now that I'm, you know, the Nick Cage fanboy, that I'll enjoy it more. I'm not sure. I know. I know. There's lots of training sequences <laughs> Be- because it's 1986. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Because was this post Rocky Four? What was Rocky Four next? Ooh, later. No. So Rocky Four is just nothing but wasn't working Rock, on Wasn't Rocky stuff. Four like eighty nine? Am I, I making know. that up? Rocky. Oh, it's eighty five. Just the year after this one. Okay, yeah, you're real close. This is this beats it by a year. No, wait, right. sorry, no, it comes out after. Sorry, I was I was thinking of eighty four, which is Birdie eighty six. Yeah, okay, so it comes out a year after Rocky Four. Interesting. All right. I must break you. Yeah, so everybody took every, all their <laughs> training montages from from Rocky Four. Yeah, we'll um, have to we'll have to see where it rates. I mean those those training montages in Rocky. I mean those training montages essentially are Rocky Four. The whole first. I do love the intercut between him out at that Siberian farm or wherever the fuck that is and then uh yeah yeah and then drago is in the super high-tech thing like doesn't he like <laughs> doesn't he break like a treadmill because he runs so fast something like is that. is that what happens at that point i think he does so wild you could just, you could just say that and i'll believe it because that, <laughs> that makes sense yeah that movie is nuts nuts in the best way possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll have to see where the training montages in the boy in blue, uh, <laughs> uh, stand up against Rocky Four. Let's, uh, let's face it. It's not going to be much of a competition, I don't think. No, but, uh, not. yeah. Yeah. We'll have to talk to you guys next time after we get ourselves knowledgeable on perhaps Canada's greatest rower, Ned Hanlon. I'm. I am, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you you have not made me excited for this movie. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm remembering everything wrong, and we're yeah. and we're delighted. Uh, otherwise, perhaps we should actually record two reviews next time we get together. Just do the whole 1986 bundle. Just do this and Peggy Sue got married, so we can <laughs> talk. We can talk about something crazy and fun. So, yeah, we can just feel better about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ended on a better note. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to go up, and, and I'm sure Stacy's going to say, you know, when you say you're going to be an hour, it usually means an hour and a half. And she's like, that wasn't even an hour. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, nice. you, did, you didn't stay up and watch this dumb movie with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, my friends. Thank you well, very much, yeah. Brian. It's hey. been uh, it's well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yes. Subject matter aside, 
Exactly. Uh, well, they can't <laughs> all be winners. No, of but, not. But uh, just a cage dive, remember to keep your arms and legs inside the cage at all times. <laughs>